Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio.
welcome to Block Talk Radio. My name is Stacey Webb, and I'm here from BackInTime.biz Publishing. Um, I'm an author and a writer and a researcher and um, a family historian. I'm also an avid genealogist, and I have today with me, um, again, this is part three of the Goins book, the Nancy Johnson Goins Goins Lawsuit in Liberty County, Texas, in 1937. Uh, This lawsuit was taken out by a number of 97 descendants of Nancy Johnson, Goins, Goins, and um, we took that list of 97 heirs that we acquired this summer, and we have backtracked the genealogy uh, of each Air because a lot of those people, we did not know who they were. Uh, we had never heard of them. Uh, of course, my grandparents and some of the other one known descendants are not named in this lawsuit because, in fact, the, the, the land that they were struggling and fighting over uh, or claiming was partially um, their right to inherit from uh, was a league and a labor that was given to Nancy Johnson's heirs in the first place, from Sam Houston himself, he signed the League and Labor. Um, but this League and Labor did not come until Nancy Johnson had already passed away. And so immediately there was some confusion. You know, um, the family did not recognize that they were going to be getting land at all. And so when they got it and their mother had already passed away, it was. Um, all of that land actually went to Isaiah Fields. Uh, he was the administrator of Nancy's estate, and Isaiah Fields was her son-in-law. And um, he, she, excuse me, he was also the brother of Chief Fields um, that was there in Texas and. Uh, we have some pictures of them and, and things like that. And, and we believe that Nancy is also buried at Liberty at the Field Cemetery. And so the ladies that are with me today is um, Marilyn Kobliaka, uh excuse me, Marilyn Baguette Kobliaka, And then we've got Lorraine Lovey Brown. And then we've also Donna Webb Lazel is also joining us this evening, and she's a serious researcher as well. Um, she's done extensive work on the Buxton family, as well as Miss Lovey is also a descendant of the Buxtons. Um, uh, we're we're writing in the Goins book, all of us are, and um, we we re, we're waiting on some DNA results before we can release part one of the Goins book, but. Um, meanwhile, while we're waiting, we are working on these. We are currently working as hard as we can on these 97 errors. I've also been um, charged with uh, working through more than 100. I, I counted 148 errors that were listed in the William Goins Jr. Nacogdoches estate in a lawsuit in 1938, and so I have worked on them because William Cohen's Jr. had no known um, children or descendants. My grandfather and Lovey Lorraine Brown's grandfather showed up in court to, um, or or not my grandfather, her grandfather and his uh, uncle, which, or 
we're not sure. They were named as nephews in that estate, and they did inherit. Um, and but but because uh, one of the children, uh, her grandfather Simon was actually uh, later listed as an orphan, and happily obviously passed away. Uh, we were unable. We're really kind of unable to figure out whose child he was, except for the fact that his descendant Goins line and my descendant Goins line. Y DNA, raw DNA matched 100%. And so we're going to be talking about the Buxtons today with Donna Webb Lassell. We're going to talk about the Nancy Johnson going stuff. And um, I'm going to start with, uh, we're going, I'm going to open the mic for uh, Lorraine and um, Marilyn and um, welcome the girls here. Welcome, ladies. Glad to be here. Hello. Hello. Be here. Who? This is Donna. Hi, Miss Donna. Glad you could make it. Well, I rush, but I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm sorry to rush you. And then uh, Marilyn, okay. she just got finished with her supper hour too, and so uh, we're all just gonna kind of. Again, introduce. I, I haven't gotten Lovey is not called in yet, but we'll introduce her in a minute. And we'll. I was going to start out with the Buxtons tonight and talk about how the Buxtons were related back to Nancy Johnson. And so, um, but first, I, I wanted to ask you, Donna, did, did you find any of the Buxton and Goins children listed in that 97 heirs? Is that the Nancy Gowing? Uh, yes. The one, uh, yeah, uh, let me pull my book up here. Uh, there were several. Uh, okay. The Several of them were by, you know, uh, Alexander Buxton uh, that uh, he married, I think, Araminta. Uh, right. So, and uh, so, and then uh, his son married uh, a, one of the Fields, who was also, you know, connected to the Goins. And so, uh, right. there is a Buxton line that comes off of that, but uh, it was just—it right. was mostly just through marriage. And now he what, was married to who else first, or Alexander? He, he was married to um, the Drake, Mary Louisa Drake. Mary Louisa Drake. Yeah, yes. in the beginning, Mary. yes. And some, I mean, he left her um, and came to Texas. And I think he came with uh, the the goings. I mean, it, I've never been able to find, uh, you know, a divorce record or anything. Now, I know Mary did a, a, a will, and she named her children. And I guess and to make sure that he, uh, that Alexander didn't get anything, I mean, uh, 
because she evidently she left her with some land and you know things like that, and she made sure that he did not <laughs> come back and get any of it. Right. And what year would did you think that he left Louisiana and came to Texas? If you know, um. I don't know. I I think he shows up in like 1827, and I know on the 1840 census in Louisiana, uh, Mary is by, I mean, she's by herself with some of her children. So I I think he left uh, probably when a lot of the children were still small. Right. Yeah, I'm sorry to say that some of our grandfathers did that, and and um, I believe that Lovey's joined us, and um, we're gonna talk. Uh, Miss Lovey, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, good. Were you able to hear that we we started out the conversation about the Buxons, and Miss Donna has been informing us a little bit about Alexander Buxton, who married Armenta, which is your grandmother, correct? Is that your grandmother as well, Donna? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> my my problem okay. is I haven't been able to connect my... I'm looking for Valentine Buxton or Valentine Buxton that was born in 1847 in Louisiana, but I have not been able to connect him to parents, so therefore I don't know if he is to this group I mean I feel like he is but I just haven't been able to prove it I see okay and then now Lovey you've got some information on a Valentine Buxton correct there in Texas right who, uh, okay tell us all about your Valentine Buxton and I don't know did they was he John Valentine or was he just or do you know no he was just Valentine. I haven't found anything anywhere that said he had another name. And um, I have really diligently looked because I'm I'm real connected to the, those people. <laughs> I think about him right, and what right. happened to him, you know, and it really it hurts because he he had to have been pretty young, you know. And sure. um, okay, I can't well, even tell find us the story. Tell us the story, just, you know, um, basically that, you know, what happened and and the situation there in, in Liberty with A. Valentine. Um, tell us about it and where you're at in your research on that. On Valentine? Yes. Okay. Um, once upon a time. No, I'm joking. Uh, Valentine was the son of... Alexander Valentine, Alexander Valentine. Y'all have to excuse me. I I was into something unpleasant just before the show. Um, Valentine was Alexander's son, and he was married to um, Serena Fields, and they had they had a couple of children and. Um, that Valentine was evidently at a a political type 
thing going on at at Liberty. They had a, a big oak tree there where they had court and all of that because it, usually it was just too hot in their little log courthouse, and so they would have it out under that court under that tree. I call it the court tree, but um, he was evidently talking with a judge, um, James B. Woods, and. It got sort of heated, and I I don't know the uh, you know what exactly happened, other than the fact that the judge uh, pulled out a gun and shot and killed Valentine. So I guess he was pretty darn mad, or maybe he was a little bit drunk. I don't know, because he does have a reputation of being um, having a hot temper and and imbiber. Im- Is that how it said? He drank quite a bit. And um, he he killed Valentine. I mean, for a political, I mean, good grief. And but I think I think of Valentine's family and and what they had to have gone through. But this judge later on, I don't know how many years later on, that was approximately the when he killed him was approximately. Uh, before, before 1851, and uh, that's as close to a, de- a date that I've come. And I have a lady named Darlene at the um, Texas Sam Houston Genealogical Library. Is that what it's called? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Sam and Houston Regional Library, isn't it, Donna? And she's um, helping me with some of this. And she said she remembers like 20 years ago some people were there looking for this information. And she said there was an article in the paper about it. So I'm hoping she'll find it so we can have more information. But as I was talking about the judge, later on he uh, he died. They they said in in the information they said that he uh, shot himself because he was um, remorseful for shooting a man back in 1851. And I thought remorseful is is not even what you should call it. You know, there's got to be something worse than that that you could call it because, to me, that was just plain outright murder. And... um, what also got me, it really got me upset, and I know this is way back there, you know, and I never knew them, but I feel like I knew them. And this Woods guy, this Judge Woods, has two historical markers in Liberty County. And I'm, I thought, uh, that is not right, you know. I mean, maybe he did do something. He was, I think, the third signer on the uh the uh, Texas Republic Constitution or something like that. And uh, so that's why he got the historical marker. And the other one shows where his grave is. Well, I want to know where Valentine's grave is. And I'm searching for it so much because I've I've got to find out where it is. I'm never going to be happy about it. So that's basically mm-hmm. where I stand I'd with Valentine. Yeah, I'd say if he died there in Liberty, it's kind of like Thomas. He is probably buried at the Field Cemetery as well. And I can't wait to get back over there and see if we can't do some more dowsing, you know, now that the 
I'm sure that they've cut the grass down or what have you. And Miss um, Donna um, has is taken on, bless your heart, thank you so much, kind of the responsibility of communicating with the property owners and, and seeing about the, the cemetery. And I, I give us an update on, on what happened after we left up there, Donna, and what was accomplished by the, I guess the state came in or and worked on the no, cemetery because uh, there is a centennial marker. Yeah, the lady that we met, uh, Sharon, who was so kind to let us in that day, uh, she yeah. contacted. Uh, a gentleman that she thought, you know, was supposed to be in charge of it, and uh, evidently he's old and, you know, not kind of infirm. So his, I think it was his nephew, had come and had uh, really uh, brushed, did kind of like a brush hog, or I don't know how they actually cleaned it, but had really down all of the most of the weeds and everything and had uh some of it had been raked up and uh and, and actually he is uh, not part of the seal cemetery he's part of the other cemetery that's connected to it but he said he was more than happy to keep up you know both parts and uh I told Sharon that day I gave him some money for gas, and I just told Sharon that if he kept it up uh, to let me know and I could send her, you know, a few dollars to help yes. him with his uh, expenses. And uh, so he had done a really good He was really interested in, you know, the history of, of both of the uh, cemeteries. He actually has a daughter buried and the uh, the one that's next to Phil's, and uh, he was really interested in the dowsing, and and of course Sharon was still so excited about that she just couldn't stop talking <laughs> about it. She just never said anything <laughs> like And so she was impressed. And so yes, yeah, she would love for us to come back now that the you know grass is down, and 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 do some more uh, dowsing there to see if we can maybe locate some more graves. That would be wonderful, but I, I, I thoroughly believe that if Thomas the Junior, not Thomas the Elder, um, who died in Lafayette Parish, Louisiana, um, but the Thomas the Younger, who did die in Liberty as well, and and he is the one that actually I believe inherited the bulk of um, the property because when we pulled. Miss um, Lovey turned up a document which said, you know, the state of Texas um, and I, Tom Goins, Hadley Goins, and the heirs of William Goins, you know, and then names Collins, Breckenridge, and all of that, where they divided the land up initially in 1890 with the immediate heirs. So we know that Tom... Hadley and William were brothers, but Hadley and William are not mentioned in old Thomas's estate in 1826 in Lafayette Parish, Louisiana. 
And so this goes to say that obviously Nancy had children with another going because these children are absolutely not listed. William and Hadley are absolutely not listed in his estate. But now there is a Thomas and there is a Stephen, and Stephen is not mentioned in her estate in any of this. Not his heirs, and he's not mentioned, and that's where we're going with Marilyn a little bit. When we where we rehash Stephen go, Stephen going so often, it just my eyeballs go crooked. But um, and we look at each other the same way, right, Marilyn? <laughs> <laughs> well, we just keep kind of flip flopping on him. I think well, my eyeballs are going in circles. Well, it, the seed is very confusing um, because it looks like one time that he's married to this Edith Ida Perkins, and then we've got him over here with an Adeline. Um, they've got children with practically the same names, but they've all got different birth dates. Um, the last time we discussed, we did discuss that Hetty is not Anastine, um, which we got pretty good record on Anastine. We know that she married um, Absalom Perkins. We know that she had two children uh, and that is named later on in some of the documents in regards to Nancy Goins' estate. Uh, but it's a little confusing because we really still can't tell if we've got two Steves or if it's really just one. Um, I do know that they didn't really like um, the government entities coming around their house, so they may have played some games with the census papers and just told them different, you know, different information each time that they got trapped into having to talk to them. Uh, we do know that some of them, uh, I know Stacy has told me that some of the Goins family in Texas would run back across over to Louisiana during census time and then keep running back and forth trying to avoid the census takers because they didn't want to give out information. So um, Mm -hmm. we kind of got a confusion over the Steve or the two Steve's. And about the time we decide that it's one, then we change our mind and decide, no, it's two different people. And we just kind of keep flipping back and forth on that because we can't really find any proof that it's one or if it's two. Um, I mean, I think in terms of the conclusion, finally, that maybe Edith Ida is Edith Adeline, because Adeline is a big name in the Goins and Perkins families. It's, it is just almost every generation there's some Adelines in there. And, uh, right. And now, now on that situation with, with Anastine, the, I don't know you know, because the duty paperwork did not have Anastine. They said they were the children of, or the daughters of Nancy, or excuse me, Adeline. And so Anastine being in between these generations, I, you know, some somebody, there, there was some orphans here, obviously. Obviously, that, that some of these people, and we know the Spanish flu came through numerous times, smallpox came through, dysentery. You know, we had the Republic of Texas was in 
I mean, with Mexico, Texas was in an upheaval all the time, and and our guys from Louisiana were always coming over to assist in the mess over there in Texas going on at that time, you know, and, and plus the deal with the Indians being promised land and then not receiving it, and they had a lot of, of skirmishes and struggles over land and, and things like this. So um, obviously um, we're going to be happy. I think somebody said that we were we might have found a Stephen Breckenridge descendant. Is that true? Uh, well, now, I have gotten in touch with a man that has a tree that shows that he's got some DNA matches to the Stephen Breckenridge land. Oh, I uh, see. I see. Like yeah. cousin matches. Oh, I see. Uh, okay. He's got, like, he'll have someone's name attached to that person, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so I've got right. with him, and he said he'll share more information with me. Now, I've not heard back him since. I did send a message back to him and and thanked him for helping us because I told him what we were doing. We're writing a book. We're trying to clarify these families, and um, we're working on whether it's one Steve and Edith, Adeline, or if it's, you know, like that. I've talked to him about that, so he pretty much knows what's going on. Um, right. So, you know, all I can do is sit well, and wait what I found really interesting about Stephen Breckenridge, even though he has such an early birth year of 1795 in South Carolina, I think that Miss Lovey actually came across, uh, oh, no, that was old Thomas. Okay, we'll talk about him next. But um, Stephen Breckenridge, you know, um, later on in Polk County, um, and it was uh, 18... Uh, 93, he bought land, S.B. Goins bought land with my grandfather, which would have been his nephew, uh, bought land with him in Trinity County, excuse me, not Polk County, but Trinity County, and uh, they all moved over to close to Apple Springs, and and there was a lot of history that went on over there Um the, our people uh, took the courthouse or they took the jailhouse at one time and they also took the courthouse and, and I mean my family went in and burned the courthouse I know for a fact several times I think like twice and so um, there was there was a lot of things and one of my grandfathers was killed there in um, right outside of, of there and and his wagon came to town but that was my stringer grandfather but he did my stringer family did also live with the goins and then and up there uh in in apple springs and so uh then they follow each other to angelina county they really stayed together but i thought it was interesting that he would be purchasing land with his nephew as late as 1893, but we don't see him in Texas with all of his children. Do you? Do you see him in Texas with his children? You know, like after 1860, he's. I don't find him on the 1880 census, but then he shows up in the 1893 this deed in Trinity County because. He would have been like 98 years old then, you know. I mean, if our estimates are correct. 
Uh, I've never found any evidence of him over in Texas. Um, it's actually even very hard to find uh, his family. Now, I did recently find a Nancy. He had a daughter named Nancy. I found a Nancy yes. living with uh, a Brashear family, which I know they were connected. Uh, in fact, uh, one interesting fact about that is, is Mary Louise Drake on her will, and which her will was in 1826. So that must be here that Alexander left her and went to Texas. Um, it is, um, let's see, just a minute. Okay, Thomas B. Brashear. He was the uh, parish judge and ex officio notary public for the parish of Lafayette. Okay. And that's who helped her uh, do this will for her children. Um, okay. And what were the children listed, if you know? Uh, in the in the Drake will, in the Drake book. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Here's her children. She's got, and it says, in trust for her minor children. So her children were still under age, and that is Gideon, Cairo, who later married Wadena Goins, who is out of my family. Agnes, Alexander, Samuel, and Zena. Now, Zena is attributed to being Donna Webb Blaisdell's Valentine's mother. We don't have really okay. proof of that, but some of her grandsons, I think, lived in the Sparks area, and Mr. James Ray Johnson says that Zena was their mother, and he knows that they were Valentine's brothers. Um, okay. So, anyway, that I'm talking about Donna's Valentine. We got too many Valentines to see. <laughs> that was a big right. in, in the Buxton family because Pharaoh named one. Well, it was a big name, and it was the Valentine family married into our families over there in Louisiana, and we have some Nashes that were Valentines, and um, so yeah, that was that. I think that was a very popular name among our people, you know, for a couple yeah. of generations or whatever. And, well, um, in but that, family, they kept naming him Alexander, even though they may have been a little miffed at Alexander, uh, an old man Alexander, they kept passing that name down. I mean, I even knew an Alexander Buxton when I lived in Sumer, uh, Louisiana, but okay, nobody's but out of that are you, You're saying that she passed away in 1826, or that's just when she no, wrote her I, will? No, uh, she did not pass away. No, she lived on into, we got two or three more sentences with her uh, after this. She I wrote see. this out just to protect her children because, you know, at that time, I see. when you got married to a man, then automatically he owned all your property. And apparently That's Alexander, right. when he left, he probably took him a herd of her cows that she had gotten through her Drake family. The Drakes were very big in the cattle industry. And that's um, right. that still during the time where they were doing the, um, uh, you know, the gifts to the, to for the marriage, uh, the dowry. Yes. And so, yes. Uh, and here in this will, it names off that she still has, okay, for the use and trust of her said children, 30 head of gentle and wild cattle branded and marked with two wallafarts and two underbits, and then it goes on the name. She's had a, a black horse, a gray mare, a sorrel mare, 
So, I mean, you know, she really was probably quite well. Well, oh, yeah, the the Bustons are also listed in um, doctors. Oh, gosh, I can't think of his name now. I interviewed him some years ago on the Red Bones, you know, inventing the cattle culture, and I'll think of his name in just a minute. But um, he's a professor there at University of Texas, and he claims that, you know, that, that the Red Bones invented the Texas cattle culture and that it was their Spanish and Iberian background that, you know, that they knew how to work cattle. But he does include the Buxtons in on that. Yeah, and the Drakes. The, the, so they were the obvious. Yeah, they're, uh, the Buxtons are very entwined with the Drake family, the Goins family, mm-hmm. and here's my little Jeb, I always say, oh, Alexander, he met up with the sweet young thing, Arabina Goins, <laughs> and he started <laughs> his family for her. Because uh, with his children being this young, being underage, you know, obviously he left Mary Louise and went with Araminta to Texas. And uh, I see. let's see, I don't, I can't remember when their first child is born, but this will, which isn't really a will, it's a, um, it's a what do you call it? It's not a will because she even puts in here. Uh, Mary Louise even says that if she does not marry or take up with any person, she can keep using this property. But in case she does, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's got it. Good girl. Are you talking about the trust for Mary Louise Drake? The, the trust, yes, that's what it's called. I'm sorry, I couldn't yeah. think of the word. The trust. In there, she says that if she gets, if she either marries or takes up with any other person, then Mr. Jones, who is in charge of the estate, is to take away the property and do with it as he thinks best for the benefit of the children. Right, so right. She was slowly protecting her children, even if she got with another man. Uh, right. And, and what year was she born? I, I know uh, I've got her in, in my database, but... Okay, well, I've got her right here. Just hold up, because I had it opened up to, okay. the, to the trust page here. Okay, she Good was deal. born in 1789. Well, I've got 1789. Okay, so... 1793. What? I have, I have her born in about 1793 in the Atticathus region yeah. of Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, that's what I got, yeah. too. That's what I got. Okay. Well, I will. Well, her death is after eighteen fifty because I think I have an eighteen fifty census for her. Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I show about eighteen fifty for her death. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's and the then last so she would have been. Her. And it says here that she was fifty-one. Oh. Which that would make it a little bit Okay, well, at 51, you would think that she would have more than just minor children. Okay, is what I'm getting No, I'm talking about 1850. No, the trust is from 1850. Oh, I see. This. Okay, that's how. In fact, this is here. She's got a bunch of grandkids in the house with her. 
she's got several grandchildren right. uh, living with her uh, in 18. Well, no, what I was what I was trying to figure out was in 1826 when she wrote that will or that that trust. What? Yeah. How old? About how old was she? Is what I was trying to figure out. So. If she was born about 1793, that would make her in her 30s, correct? Yeah. So she was still a young woman. Yeah, yeah, she was. Uh, but yeah. I got tickled when I read that about her, about it saying in there, does not marry or take up with any person. And I, I felt like that what she was doing solely was to protect her children because she knew if she married another man, then her property would revert. Yeah. So she was her children. You know, know, um, Stacy, in all of the research I've been doing about Mary Louise Drake in regards to Alexander Buxton was um, that um, she was born, I have, in 17, what was it, 1789, and St. Martinville, Louisiana, and uh, that's true. They got married 1814 in Lafayette, Louisiana. So that would be, wouldn't it be awful young for her if it was she was born in so that was prior oh, to I her know, marriage then. Yes, but I mean, that's... Um, well, you guys, we we got to remember that these big guys, these guys that were our grandfathers certainly had overlapping wives and children. we just got to get over it. We can't <laughs> keep on trying to fit these people into they married this one and had these children, this one and because uh, I'm telling you seriously, they did it. And and another thing is, is they had children before they were required by the Catholic Church to come in, just like Kizzy and Philip, to legitimize their marriage or their legitimize their children and these kinds of things. We um, we we look we kind of try to put our Christian, you know, our values today, modern day values on what they should have done then and and because of the color of our people and because of their Indian, you know, tribal nature and we're finding out that so many of these people were actually gypsies, okay? I'm just going to put it out there because you do not come back with a North African Egyptian haplogroup on the G-O-Y-N-E-S and the most rare European gypsy haplo on the G-O-I-N-G-S, which is only known, this haplo group is only known among the Irish gypsies. Okay, you don't come back with those and not be. You don't come back associated with the Native Americans. They just, they married into them, and that's who they were allowed to. And so these fur trader men were... um, pretty big characters, you know, and so, um, I mean, I, I hate it for them, you know, but they might not have seen much wrong with it, you know, what they were doing, so I don't, but if he, if if her first child was born in 1810, you would expect that she was 
uh, you know, born anywhere between Miss Lovey's date, 1893, to, you know, I mean, I mean, mature girls at eight, at 14, 15 years old at the youngest, I would say, wouldn't you? Yeah, they would, they yeah. would get married at 14 and, and 15 especially. Um, sure, And sure. also, as far as these men having other wives, a lot of times these wives would have a baby and die. Or, you know, I mean, something would happen That's to them. Right. And they would immediately, they would have to immediately yes. turn around and get married again pretty quickly. Absolutely. Because they needed to take care of the child. And, you know, that happened family. When Fanny Goins Nelson, uh, her husband Aaron Nelson went off to fight in the Texas War. She got word. Now she was pregnant with her first child, Valentine Garfield Nelson. She got word that he had gotten killed at Alamo. She immediately married Isaac Perkins, who is uh, one of my grandfathers. Well, then Aaron came back and she was already remarried to, to Isaac Perkins. And, right. uh, I mean, she can't feel guilty for that. I mean, I can't I can't feel bad for her doing that because, uh, no. you know, she was a woman. She was pregnant. She was on her own. Uh, she went back yeah, home to right. She rode her horse across the Sabine while she was pregnant with Valentine. And uh, Valentine right. was supposed to... Born at my QT, so that means she had already left Texas and come back over to Louisiana. And she immediately married her cousin, Isaac Perkins. This is what happened a lot. And then those children, the woman had children or was pregnant like Fanny was, then those children were put right into the household. She started having children with, with Isaac. And they were just all accepted as. As in the family, that you know, that's just that's just how it was. Uh, right. You know, back how it is now. I mean, we've got a lot of families now that are blended families. Uh, we're still yes, doing it. Yes. <laughs> we're actually right, still right. doing. Um, I mean, maybe the men don't grow up and get married quite as quick, or or the women either. You know, when when the husband or wife dies, but back then, uh, it was a, it was a necessity. Uh, how else were they going to to make it? And of course, they did not always want to be a burden on their immediate family. So, you know, the best thing they could do was get them another husband or wife, and and go on from there. Now, I will notice something in uh, back to Mary Louise's right here in her uh, trust. She named six children. That's in 1826, but in 1830. She's got eight children in the house with her. So I don't know who the other two are or how she got them between 1826 and 1830. But the census didn't count up for, for eight children. Does so it list the name know. of the children? No, now 1830 doesn't name them. The, 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 oh, I know the census. But on her yeah, trust, the trust, does it does. Name? the trust names Gideon, Pharaoh, Agnes, Alexander, Samuel, and Zena, which is six children. But on that 1830 census that I just looked at, she's actually got eight in the house with her. 
So, you know, I don't know how that comes about. Um, I don't know why she would have eight in the house with her then, but here it is. It's her and eight children. She's got four females under 10, one male 10 to 23, and three males under 10. So, well, in 1830, that first one that was was born in 1820, uh, uh, 10, he would be up there in that 10 through 23. He's the one. He's that one. Okay. And then yeah, Gail. would be Gideon and Samuel and Alexander. And then she's got, let me go back to that just a second. Then she's got um, four females. And that would be Zena and Agnes, and then two more. So I don't know. Let's see. Zena wouldn't be having kids yet because she wasn't born until 1820. Agnes yeah. wouldn't have having any children yet because she was born in 1824. So, I mean, these were young kids. I don't know where these other two people come from unless it would just be some kin folks, uh, you know, coming and staying with her. Uh, two other two other children somehow. I've had people tell me, now I don't know because uh, I think there's discrepancies in the birth dates, but uh, that Roxelene was actually Mary and Alexander's and not a- Alexander's and Araminta's. Oh, yeah, really? I've seen that too. I've seen that. Hmm. Account okay. for another... Because what I had was born in 1815. Okay, now, Roxelene, it says 1822 for her. Yeah, so I I mean... Well, yeah, you know, that would that birth date would put her within Mary, within Mary Louise's... Uh, you know, it would put her in Mary Louise's time. Right. Instead of, and then Valentine wasn't born until 27, and that would be the right... right age if he left uh, yeah. Mary Louise in 1826 and got with their men and then they could have had their first child in 1827. So, hey, this wow. might be something we, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't something. know why some children went, you know, why did they go with him and, I mean, they're not maybe, with their mother. Maybe they came later. Well, they did, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. That, that's I mean, what I would think is, is that they would have had to come later. I do believe that they visited back and forth um, because I think that that is how Pharaoh got with Lavina because Lavina and uh, Abner Ashworth had went over to Liberty to get the land, and mm-hmm. he left her for the uh, Gaia woman, and then she got with Pharaoh because so she was with Pharaoh uh, by the 1840 census. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Roxelene is possibly, we've got her possibly under the wrong mother here then. Uh, yeah. Because I think that he wouldn't have took a, a little bitty baby with him, a, a little young child away from Mary Louisa. I mean, right. you know, that doesn't make any sense at all. Oh, um, but she was. Oh, she had her. 
you had her born in I said Valentine should be their first child at eighteen twenty seven. He should be the first child that uh, Alexander and Araminta would have. Yes. Well, I think I'm gonna have to move her. (laughs) (laughs) First in the wall, she's under the wall, mama. Marilyn, what what year did you have her born? 1822? I have, have Roxelina's 1822. Okay. So that would have her being born between Agnes and Xenia. Now, what I don't understand, though, is why didn't she get names in that 1826? She didn't get yeah. named in the, you know, that doesn't make, maybe that's, that's probably why people put her under Araminta, because... yeah. Of course, by now, him and Araminta could have been messing around over in Louisiana before he ever left Mary. Right. You know, and having children with both women. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, I mean, even if we moved Roxelene under Mary, and she's not listed in that, she is not listed in that uh, trust, we're still missing another child for it to be 1830 and her have eight. So I'm going uh, to think that she had another couple of kids, maybe from one of her sisters or, you know. Um, which I, maybe I she, was at, she was mad at those that went with her father. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got it. Roxelene in 18, she wouldn't have been but four years old. I don't think that Alexander would have took a four-year-old child yeah. from its mother to take with his new wife to Texas, uh, you know, that would be pretty unusual, I would think, for him to pick that one child out of all of his children. And and then, too, why would Mary Louise let him do that? Right. You know. Well, if that's the case, there should have been, I mean, it looks like there would have been more kids born. It's like I have uh, Francis Favreau born about 1806. Okay. And then the... Oh, you know? Oh, Pharaoh? Okay, just a second. Huh? Let me go and look at Pharaoh here. I've got Pharaoh is 1811. Okay. Um, and then I have that uh, Gilliam, or Gilliam, I think it's, it's really William, G- but I mean French. G- it was G- Gilliam. Oh. Gilliam. He was born in 1810. Are you tra- are you saying Gilliam that name? Okay, right. well I've got him. That's Gideon. William in in French. Yeah. And he was born in July of eighteen ten. Just a minute, let me see what I've got him for. I have his baptism record. Okay, now I've got here's here's what I've got. I've got William eighteen ten, mm-hmm. and I think. Died pretty young though. I'm thinking that he's the one that died pretty young. And then I've got Francis uh, Francis Pharaoh is 1811. Gideon is mm-hmm. 1812. Samuel is 1819. Xenia right. is 1820. Alexander is 1820. Also, now I don't know if they're supposed to be twins or if I've just got the the birth dates mixed mixed there. Yeah. And then Agnes at 1824. 
Well, okay. I've got different dates, of course. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Well, when you're when you're looking at dip marks, you know, sometimes. And then the other thing is, is sometimes by the time you get to 1850, where they're naming them, you know, getting, you're getting to see the names of the people. And mm-hmm. that's just like that's just like the two Steves. I've got Stephen that's married to Edith Ida is the 1796, and then I've got Steve that's married to Adeline is 1804. Right. Because in those censuses, that what that's what they you know that's what they said to the census right. Paper. You know, they were able to tell the ages, or even they had a neighbor. See, that's the other right. thing. You've got to remember, sometimes it was a neighbor that told them who the family was. And that oh, might you, be why, you know, the Or who knew who was home. I mean, it could have been one of the older kids. You yeah. know, you, right. you don't know who provided the information, because it right. varies a lot of times from census to census. <laughs> yes, you know. yes, it does. Oh, I was looking see, at that. They the didn't age later on, uh, later on in the later sentences, it seems like the ages get a little bit better consistency. Uh, because I was following Thomas that was married to Rebecca that lived next door to Steve and Edith Ida on Bearhead, and I followed his sentences. And in those later sentences, he consistently said his, you know, he he consistently said his age. I think there's like three years. It's like uh, eight. 1820, 1819, 1822, I think. So that's not too much uh, distance, um, you know, because, I mean, they might have just sat there and said how old they were, and I said, you they were born, and then the census taker put down the year. So, you know, it could vary by that one or two year thing. Um, yeah. You know, I'm highly suspect, though, over the two states because, uh, you know, like I said, the night when we were talking about this, Steve and Edith Ida didn't gain but a year older in 10 years. So Steve said he was 55, I think, on one of them, and then 56, 10 years later. You know, I mean, it was something like that. <laughs> and uh, Edith Ida and Adeline, it was only a year's difference in 10 years also. And that was actually one of the things that made me start looking at Adeline and thinking, could it possibly be that Edith's name was Edith Adeline? And they just called, you know, when she told her name to the census taker, he wrote down Ida instead of Ada. You know? Yeah. But anyway, that's just more speculation on the two Steve's. We, me and Stacey, we laugh about this all the time because about the time we think they're the same person, then we jump again and say, no, they're two people, and we just keep flip-flopping back and forth um, between that. Well, I have a question. Donna, you've done a lot of work on Buxton's. Did you, during all of your work, did you see anywhere where Mary Louise Drake was called Mary Louise Drake Buxton? I have not found her name as Buxton anywhere. Uh, well, I don't know about in record. Just a minute, just a minute, because I think I might. I'm thinking on this, on this 1850 census, she's on there as Polly Buxton. Do you think that's her? Yeah. With all the maybe grandkids? Yes, and then in 1840, she's Mary Buxton. 
1840, she's got seven people in her home. Uh, one female, 36, 36 through 54, which would be her. And then she's got three females, 10 through 23. She's got one male, 24 through 35. And then she's got two that's 10, 10 through 23. Mm-hmm. Her and, well, now, Pharaoh is already with Lavina in 1840, so I don't know who this extra child would be in this uh, in this census, unless, let's see, by 1840, though, Zena could possibly have had her child, one of her children. Right. Do you think Zena is... Really, Alzenia? Um, probably. Now, I've just got her as Xenia. Now, I know people yeah. will take her and Alzenia that married Samuel Buxton. She was, uh, yeah. Leek, I think was her name. I think it's Leek, the one that they call yeah. Leek. Uh, mm-hmm. Her name is Alzenia, and I know that some people will take those records and get them mixed. I've seen stuff before that I knew had to really be, you know, leaked and not this this Xenia. So I've just kind of left her Xenia to keep her, yeah. uh, you know, separated. And then also, let me see, I've got an 1860 with her. Let me see what she calls herself in 1860. Okay, she's Xenia. She's Xenia Buxton on the uh, 1860 census. Okay. And she has Alexander, well, she's got William, Alexander, Xenia, and Samantha in her household. Okay. And then if Valentine was hers, what year was he born? Uh, let me look. I'm just trying to tell you. wasn't it? My, my Valentine was born in 1847. Yeah. But that is what I'm talking about. Okay, if he was born in 1847, he would have been, well, he wouldn't have been but about 13, 14 years old, and all I've got at 13 is William Buxton under her. But yeah, the... The Valentine that was born to, uh, well, either to Araminta and Valentine, or, I mean, uh, Alexander or to Alexander and Mary, I have him born in 1827. Okay, so he, now wait. Valentine that belonged to who? To either probably Alexander and Araminta. Oh, well, now I've got him as 1847. No, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I'm looking at I'm looking at yours. <laughs> Hold up a second. Let me see. Okay. Okay. Now I've got Valentine. Uh, yeah, Pan, the one they call Pan, and Levy uh, uh, was talking about a while ago getting killed by the judge. Yeah, I've got 1827 for him. Yeah. You see, mine is born. 1857 for his death. Is that when his death was? 1857. I have 1852. 
Oh, okay. I have no idea why I've got 1857. I'll have to look into that. Oh. But anyway, oh, we're just kind of leaving Stacy sitting back out of this conversation altogether here. <laughs> well, um, I didn't. I don't know if y'all were interested in, but I have um, Roxaline as being born in 1822 and died in 1898. Is that what y'all have? Yes, that's what I've got also. What did you say, Donna? I mean, I didn't. I had her born in 1815, but uh, I mean, 1822 would fit. I mean, I just don't know who that other who the other daughter would be. Just I, somewhere else well, I saw I had ages. Let me look because they were different. Um. Because it more co- coincided with what y'all had. Now, I'm getting a census for Roxaline Merritt. You know, she married the Merritt man. Bye. And uh, she's living in Liberty, and, and it says here that her birth year is 1818. So she's got herself listed as 32 years old. Uh, yeah. 1850 census. So I'm thinking that I got that 1822, you know, off of the. Off of a census, also. Now yeah. there's one that says 1815. The 1860 census says 1815. And she is over there in Liberty. But if he was with, if he was having children, that be, wouldn't that be too young for our you would, think, you would think so. And then I've got another one here for her, 1824. Now, if it's 1824, see, that still puts her most likely as um, Mary Louise's child. Yeah. Okay, wait wait a second, ladies. Ladies, just give me a second on Roxlene. I want to talk to you guys about Roxlene. Roxlene is the one that married John Cherry. The son right. of Aaron Cherry. Yes. Right. And she also and married she a married man. Yes. And she yes. died there at Ironwood at Liberty County. Correct? Right. Yeah. Correct? Yes, That's correct. Um, she was born in St. Martin's Parish, Louisiana. And she right. was born before old Thomas passed away. You get me? Araminta uh-huh. was already obviously with Alexander Buxton in St. Martin's Parish before before her father passed away because she's named in his 1826 in Lafayette Parish. Do you see? Okay. Yeah. And she came. She came with her mother. And obviously, Mary John Cherry in Liberty County. She wow. didn't get married in. So, yeah, I just. And then I also wanted you girls to establish who Mary Louisa Drake was. You know, give me her vitals on who she's the daughter of. And, you know, let's okay. document that too, because that's kind okay. of important. Okay, go her, ahead. 
her parents are John, John Aaron Drake. Drake. Oh, sorry. And Charity Kreese. Cher- Elizabeth okay. Charity Kreese. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to interject on the Elizabeth part. Uh, Mr. James Ray Johnson got a document, and he says that she was born in Elizabeth whatever county or whatever over there that Elizabeth is not her name. Her name is Charity. Oh, and people have stuck the Elizabeth on there because that's actually on that document it shows that she was from Elizabeth, Virginia. Oh, okay. Yeah. We've got the document. I've seen it. I wish I'd have made me a copy of it. But yeah. Um, yeah, and the and the lady that over in South Carolina that sent it to him told him uh-huh. her name was not Elizabeth. People has just took the name of the county and stuck it to her name for some reason. So her actual name was just Charity Freeze. Yes. There's not a document that says her name was Elizabeth. It's just been added on because that was her, the place that she lived, that she was born in. Lord, I hope they don't add Kirbyville to she my name. She was not born in. <laughs> she was not born in Atacapa. No, Charity Creeves is supposed to have been born in Elizabeth, Virginia. No, I'm talking That's about Mary Louisa. Oh, or she was Mary born Louisa. in. Okay, just one second. Yeah, I think she was born oh, in. Yes. The- she is. She was. She was born in the Atacama okay, region. Okay, got it. See, the Drakes okay, were there a long it. time before the rest of our people got there. The Drakes yeah, I were know there it. From... Well, John Goins was the earliest one after them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. John Goins the was the first one. Yeah, the, the, the Drakes were there during the French and the Spanish uh, part uh, before. Yeah, they were there in the 1760s, and they came in with a big group from Tennessee um, associated with the Collins group and all of that. Um, So, see, therein lies a bunch of our early settlers, and I I will um, do a piece on, um, it's called A Settlement of Great Consequence, and it was there at Atacapa, and it was the Collins family, Luke Collins, and and I, I'll talk about them. But they migrated with the, the Drakes migrated with that Collins bunch from yeah. uh, up in Virginia, actually, and they went through Tennessee. But um, they, these guys got into a lot of trouble, and they were known mixed bloods. And uh, they came to Louisiana, I think, because um, kind of like the water tastes a lot better over there. <laughs> Um, they yeah, the one the Luke Collins and his brothers and uh, a couple of other guys. Uh, the British had promised uh, these guys uh, money for scalps, and they scalped a couple of uh, girls, uh, white settler girls, and they kind of had to leave the country, and so they ended up in Atacapa in uh, Louisiana. So that was an interesting. But I, I just wanted to make sure that we. We tell who is Mary Louisa Drake and um, who was, you know, where she was born and who her parents were. And then Roxelina, um, Roxelina Buxton is always of interest to me, of course, because I have taken such an interest in the Cherry Chari family because 
they were such a prominent family with the Baratarians and um, living right there at Liberty, and they came out of Ohio. And so, um, you know, I just want to make sure we get them documented well, too. And that's good. Um, what about I have, um, Stacy? I have um, John Aaron Drake's um, marriage certificate. And uh-huh. it says that he, John, well, it says Juan Drake, legitimate son of Aaron Drake of Virginia and Elizabeth Charity Creeves to Rosalia Absher, legitimate daughter of yes. Juan Absher and Francisco, Francisia, Franci- I don't know how to say that one, Heart, okay, heart so Care. Does marriage record does say Elizabeth on it? Yes, it does. Oh, okay. Well, then the lady hmm. was wrong that she when she wrote to James Ray then. Okay, say that again, Miss Miss Lovey, and send us a copy of the document too. I don't have that. Okay. And it was what on the it day it was again? on May eighteenth, eighteen hundred. I don't have that either, Lovey. If you'll send it to me too. Okay. Right. Absolutely. Good deal. And say it again that that she was the daughter of who? Um. Who? Who uh, Elizabeth Charity was the daughter of? I don't yeah. have that. Uh-huh. I have that his. Um, let's see. I have the, uh, his wife, the one he, the one John Drake married, what Rosalia Absher, and yeah. it's her mm-hmm. parents is Juan Absher and Francisia Har- Hargrave. Yeah, Hargrave. Hargrave. Yeah. yeah, that's what I have too. Yeah. But it does say on here uh, that it is Elizabeth Charity Creeves. I knew okay. I got it from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, James right. Ray was that thing, and then that lady had wrote that. You know, the the person over there that was getting the documents for him, she's the one who wrote that. Sure. I guess yeah. she was right. Born. Oh. Yeah, they don't let you look at those records yourself. They they make a copy and then give you the copy, and so there's always room for transcription errors, you know, whenever they're reading through those documents because you don't get to see them yourself or in the Catholic Church. So, well, very good, ladies, very good. I'm glad we kind of... Uh, you were talking about the Collins and the you know, coming from Virginia... Uh, yeah. One of my cousins, um, she's deceased, but Nan- uh, Judy Greer. I don't know if y'all had ever heard of any of her, got any of her emails or seen her post. But she always claimed that the Buxtons came from Virginia, but I have never been able to find any, you know, proof that she said that came right. by wagon. From Virginia, sure. Uh, almost all of our families came originated out of Virginia. I mean, Virginia mm-hmm. was a big area at one time until they started dividing the states up, and so you really kind of got to look at a map because what was Virginia in 1760 was later North Carolina, South Carolina, West Virginia, Tennessee. You know, it could have been a number of states, and so right. um, a lot of times, like we find with Anna Owens. 
you know, she says, or we have records that say she was born in Abbeville, Virginia, but later on she claims a South Carolina birth, which later on it was Abbeville, South Carolina. So, um, you oh. know, that 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 gets kind of conflicting, too. You just kind of got to look at your map. But I, I really, almost all of these older men uh, were born in Virginia and migrated to South Carolina. And then these sons that were born in South Carolina after the Revolutionary War, they migrate out because South Carolina and North Carolina enacted laws that said, you know, free people of color could not remain in the state. Okay, mm-hmm. on pain of being um, submitted to slavery. So many of our families, because they were free people of color, you know, they made their exodus from the Carolinas. And this is exactly what we're seeing, um, besides the fact of, you know, nomadic spirit about these guys were also, you know, like Marilyn says, uh, fur traders <laughs> and mountain men and, you know, they they were they were tough characters, and I I would not doubt what Alexander Buxton, because he was obviously a wealthy, you know, influential man at that time, it would not surprise me he had more than one wife at the same time. And and we see it over and over and over again, the Mixons too, and like Marilyn, yeah. and we all talk about orphans and everything else. So, um, well, even my Valentine's have to get it. That he was married twice. I mean, at the same time. I mean, I find no death records, you know, or divorce records sure. for his first wife. And and there was even an affidavit sworn that he was a a, a man of, you know, one wife, but he has another family, you know. So it's I don't know. It's weird. Right. Well, it you is know weird. how that happened. They jumped a broom, you know. Yeah. Right. Well, now quickly, I'm going to talk about the famous Right. (laughs) I've got a little bit of information here on um, that I wanted to share a little bit on. uh, We had talked about Levi going. Uh, Marilyn, you had yeah. asked um, several times about the Levi Goins line, and and now I wanted to to do to talk to you uh, quickly that I had said I had found some information and and I did and this was the Levi Goins that was born in Washington County, North Carolina, in 1779. He died in 1865 in Granger County, Tennessee, and he's buried at Old Big Barren. Primitive Baptist Church uh, in Claiborne County, Tennessee, and I believe with every ounce of me that that is actually where old Jock Perkins is also buried. Okay, and that's where she's the thought. Where is yeah. that, Stacey? Old Big Baron. Old, old Big Baron. Okay. Primitive Baptist Church in Claiborne County, Tennessee. Um, now, and his father was Thomas Gowen and Rebecca Clark, okay? And they were born, uh, Thomas Gowens was born 1755 and died 1838. Rebecca Clark was born in 1756 and died in 1795, and they were married on 19 June 1799. Now, Elizabeth 
he married Elizabeth Stallion. Remember, we talked about the Stallion woman. And Mm -hmm. she was born in 1783 in Virginia, and she died 18 January 1858 in Claiborne County, Tennessee. And she is also buried at Old Big Barren Primitive Baptist Church, Gowen, Claiborne County, Tennessee, because there's an area there known as Gowen, G-O-I-N, in Claiborne mm-hmm. County, Tennessee. It's just an, a small, but that's where that cemetery is at. And I actually have been to it, and but I don't remember seeing any of these headstones or, or taking. I just went because there was a William Gowen who married Elizabeth D-Y-K-E, their son, and I thought he might be there. But um, they had a son, William Gowen, born in 1803, a Uriah Gowen, born in 1805, Isaac, born in 1806, and Pleasant Sr. Okay, now this Pleasant goes up over there with William Gowen's Sr. and William Goins Jr. in Illinois out of Tennessee. And so I think this is the same family. I think the lady that got a hold of you about Levi being our part of our family is probably correct. And yeah. then um, they had a son named Richard who was born in 18 and 10. And he married Elizabeth Ferguson and Sarah Unknown. And then there was a Thomas who was born in 1811. A Jemima Jane, who was born in 1813, and she um, married Calvin Sparks. Okay, now this Jemima Jane Goins is of interest as well, because I believe that's part of some of our female matches, that Jemima Goins matched some of our female lines on the Goins. You know, of course, it transcends every... Generation, but I see Jemima going in our results. You know, they're showing up. And so I don't know how we uh, would relate back to her except that quite a number of people. Okay, they had a John A. Gowen after Jemima Jane. And he was born in 1814. He married Jane Haynes in Claiborne County, and then Elijah Goins, who was born in 1815 in Claiborne County, he married Martha Lewis, and then Rachel Goins, who was born in 1816 in Claiborne, Tennessee, and she married Philip Keck, and she didn't die until 1902, and so a lot of this information actually came from the sister Rachel um, Goins Keck, K-E-C-K, and then they had a son named Sybil, Sybil, or they Sybil. Excuse me, maybe it's a daughter. No, it's a son, Sybil Sterling Gowen. And he was born in 1818, and he died in 1910 in Tazewell County. Um, but uh, then they had a son named Leroy, and he married Rebecca Fuzon. And then they had Eli Goins, who was born in 1825 and married Rachel Edwards. And then I've I've got a whole, actually a whole thing, and I'll I'll send this to you, Marilyn. I don't know, um, you know, I'm pretty sure that's the same Levi family that the lady that contacted you said that they had the blindness that also ran in their family. 
Well, when they were like talking to me about that, they were talking about the Agnes Thorns from Georgia. I see, I see. Okay, I thought you said it was the Levi. I apologize. So, okay, but that was the Levi, and I'm almost positive that that William Pleasant and possibly this John and a Thomas, you know, all went into, yeah, John went into um, Illinois, and and so I I think they're related to us as well. Um, we'll find out maybe more with Marvin Goins' DNA, and that, that'll tell us a lot more about the ones that went to Illinois, um, if they were related to us or to you guys, you know, if they were the direct line. So uh, that'll be helpful on his. And then anybody? I'm fixing to do my DNA. Good girl. I'm getting one of those uh, tests like Lorraine got from the Good for Jeans. Right. I'm waiting on the trip to come in now. So, yeah. Fabulous. Y'all put up the link again for that. I'm going to upload that to that Jed match and see what, you know, I come up with now. Um, Fabulous. the only other person I've ever met, you know, Mike Jack was the was the Virginia White Killer, and that's been several years ago now. None of the other people I've ever been able to get in touch with. So I'm hoping that there's enough interest in it now that you know there's more people involved. So you know, right. maybe I can track down a little more on my on my side. So that's all right. Good information. deal. Okay, now, Bobby, did you have any more questions or comments on Valent or or Miss Miss Donna on Valentine and that family and uh, where you think you're at? I, I did want to mention that. Now, this is this is something that is kind of coming out of left field for me, but I had talked about it earlier, um, and it's about uh, uh, Sarah Drake. Um, and and Marilyn, you probably know as much as more than the rest of us on the Drake line because your association with James Ray. But there was a Sarah Drake that was born in 1777, and she married a Job Harden. Okay, and now Job Harden, uh, they had a son. Uh, or she had, she had, she didn't have any children, I guess. With, well, I guess she just had one child with Job and Sarah Drake. He was born in North Carolina, and he went to Kentucky, Missouri, Arkansas, and then Texas. And then Sarah Drake was born in Missouri and died in Seguin, Texas. And I don't know who she's the daughter of, but they. They had a daughter named Prudence Harden. Okay, and you know, William Harden said part of Nancy Johnson's land was in Harden, or a great bulk majority of it was in Harden County. And um, William Harden's survey backed up Nancy Johnson's, and they, I, I, I knew we had a relationship, but Prudence Harden married Ira Nash, okay, and they had Uh a couple of children, and then um, he died, 
and she married a George Chester Kimball. And now this Kimball that she married was, they called him, she was pregnant with twins when he left, and um, to go and fight at the Alamo. And his name was George Chester Kimball, and they call him the Defender of Alamo. He was killed at the Alamo, and he was uh, born in uh, 1803 in Beechwoods, Jefferson, Pennsylvania. And then he died, of course, at the Alamo in San Antonio, Texas. But I hope to um, weave this story some way into ours, because when he went to fight for the Texas Revolution, he was pregnant with twins. He died, and she gave birth to a set of twins, George Chester, you know, Jr., and then Charles Chester. And there was two boys, and they were, anyway, she married a West after that, but but she had been married to a, a Nash, and her mother was a Drake. And so I, if anybody runs across any of that information associated you know, would you have any knowledge about um, Sarah Drake or anything like that, any of these kids being born in Missouri? Because I think, truthfully, some of the Drakes did go to Missouri with the rest of our families. Wow. Well, I haven't gotten into that, you know, in that part of the Drakes there now. The only Sarah I've got is with Sarah Celestine. You know, okay. That's the only one that I've gotten so far. But right. uh, I will. Okay, well. Yeah, I'll send you this information because um, it's 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 too close not to be part of our family. I'm just sure they are, and we just may not uh, know that some of those Drakes um, did take off and go to Missouri Territory, which was originally Louisiana anyway, but just a northern part of Louisiana. And now Ira Nash instead was the son of Larkin, and Larkin was probably a brother to old Thomas Nash, the one that we all, you know, all of us fussed about Mm -hmm. were descended of and all that. So um, there's a lot of controversy there over Ira Nash. But he was related to us. But the William Goins went, or William Nash, went to Missouri, and so I would say that he was probably that's correct that that he was the son of him. But I don't know her parentage um, on the Drake yeah. side, so I, that's yeah. what I was wanting to know. Is this almost bet they're they're kin in there somewhere because um, I'd say. They keep marrying into the same families. <laughs> These different groups yes. keep marrying to the same families because Sarah Celestine was married to, to Thomas Nash. And right. then she married Perkins. So, you know, I mean, these same families over and over again keep marrying into the other families in the same groups. And, yes, and, and then not just in... All these different trails. For 400 they, years. Yeah, like they came to Louisiana, all these different trails that they came, there are pockets of people with the same names. 
and they Absolutely. all still marry each other. <laughs> so yeah, why, that's true. We've got a connection, yeah. you know, back there somewhere. Um, Absolutely, I would say so too. The John Aaron that was married, I mean, that was born over in Virginia, he most likely mm-hmm. had other brothers. Um, you know, that we don't know mm-hmm. that much about that right. stopped off in these different places and started having their families. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. they had huge families. They'd have 10, 12, 15 kids. Well, they didn't all leave the area at once, necessarily. And also, too, they came different, uh, different routes, and a lot of them stayed. They would they would get somewhere and settle and then not go on. And maybe a few of them would go on. So, sure. Yeah, well, and two, these definitely, definitely traveled about and fur traded with the Indians and married into them. It was not uncommon to have several Indian wives, girls. And I, it's just like Osceola, um, I've documented six, but if you read the books on Osceola, they, they they don't mention any of that. And so it's like, but I think it's because we have a personal interest that we're able to discover more. You know, when you're looking at a family from a, an objective viewpoint of, you know, of these families and not a descendant, and that's why I you guys' input is so important in all of this because we are the descendants. And uh, what we find is vitally important to establishing and documenting these historical records. And uh, I appreciate you girls so much. We'll have to get back together. We didn't get to go through um, Thomas' brothers, and I'm just going to do that real quick. Uh, so far, what we've got is old Thomas, old Thomas Goins, uh, who married Nancy Johnson, I think, um, was born in 1768 in South Carolina, and yeah, I'm sure he married Nancy. Um, and he died in 1826 in Lafayette, Paris, Louisiana. The brothers that we have discovered for him is William Jr. of Nacogdoches. John M. and Samuel and Robert H. And so we know those guys by either document uh, by documentation of this Nancy Johnson's estate records. Uh, we've found these brothers who you know we've documented that he had these brothers that we never knew before, and so that's a big accomplishment for us. Um, we know that Hadley and William and Tom uh, were all brothers. We know that. And they would have been children of William Sr. or our William Sr. who married Deliah. And so Hadley obviously was a son there because he's listed in the Nancy Johnson land. Uh, it says, you know, Tom, Hadley, William were brothers, and William was deceased, and they name off my grandfather and all of his brothers who were all named William something, 
and it was William Collins, William Breckenridge, William Lawrence, William Mitchell, William Fulton, William James, and William Richard uh, are all named in this document in 1890 on the Nancy Johnson. So we're going to put to bed who Hadley was. Ms. Lovey, are you hearing this? I'm hearing it. You're going to have to send me all of that stuff. <laughs> okay, right. Well, this I got from you. This was the state of Texas. Know all men by these presents. Right, I have Trinity. that one. Okay, I have well, that says. Yeah, that says that. I was I was actually joking, but yeah, I have that. And but I have legacy, and I was wondering if if some of the stuff you want to send me, can you just send it to legacy something, or no? Well, but I can no, I can't. I can send them as attachments, you know, uh, in an email or what have you. But if you want any of my JEDCOM files from what I have on my legacy or any software that you choose to use, you know, uh, Family Tree uh, and all of this, you can make a JEDCOM file and you can import my JEDCOM file and open it up and you'll see uh, my whole entire database. And so this is why I really want it all. Does it have to be online to do that? No, this is not online at all. Okay. Uh, the only reason you would have to get online is to pick up a copy of the file. You would download the file onto your computer. You would open your legacy program, and then you would go up to the file tab, and you would open that file wherever you've saved it on your computer. You would open that file, and then the next time, it'll even search for the JetCom file for you if you can't find it. And and every time you look at it, you'll have a little thing, which family would you like to open, my database, your database, whatever. And so mm-hmm. mine is called the American Melting Pot, which I've always used that because there's no place in the world that these type of people came together except here. And so this is why we include these books in the American Bread series. You know, Marilyn and I worked on that last year, and, it really is a good deal because we talk about these people being intermarried just in the last hundred years, but we've got to understand and realize it's really hard to wrap our heads around that these people were intermarried for the last 400 years on these shores. That's crazy. Okay, I know it's hard. It's like our family... Not Maryland's, not the not the James and the William Moses and uh, Philip Goings, Goings line. Uh, they can't return with a white Irish haplo, which is is perfectly in line with Mr. Matt Goings' research and Maryland's research that they come from an Irish indentured servant who obviously was a gypsy, and I mean you just don't have that haplo group if you're not. And our group, which was North African uh, haplo group from Egypt who matched the pharaonic king Ramesses III, um, absolutely did not come from Northern Europe. And so we did not have a Northern European surname. And I'm thoroughly beginning to um, figure out that likely William Goings of the Irish indentured, we probably took his name from him. And so um, 
when we come down with all of these perfect Y DNA matches, some of us are going, some of us are sweat, some of us are Powell, some of us are Warwick, some of us are Williams, and one genetic distance from Perkins. All these men come from North Africa, um, an Egyptian haplo in origin, you know, and, and this just doesn't happen with normal families. I'm just going to say that, you know, your normal settlers to America or your immigrants or whatever you want to call them um, that came to Virginia. This We weren't, uh, and we were not enslaved, and so... This also lends to the the theory that we arrived here, just like old Jock Perkins said in uh, the lawsuit there in Tennessee. He said one of the men came forward and he gave uh, witness that old Jock Perkins said himself that they were Guinea privileged. And what that means is, is they were settled Guineas, which is from Goa, India, and they were brought here as as privileged slaves or privileged indenturement and not as slave status as in an African slave status. And so uh, that's all I can figure with it. And um, But um, we have some unusual families and interrelated for 400 years is, uh, it's been exciting to find it all out, but it's also been like y'all girls girl said, your eyeballs are rolling around in your head, mine too. <laughs> and um, so I think we saw your name, Miss Marilyn. <laughs> we took your name and we and we made it ours. So, well, like but, I said, they're uh, always going. So <laughs> that's, that's true. true. <laughs> That is so true Well I just want to tell y'all One thing before we get off of here Now if all of our Great 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 grandmother Were all of them married To the same Indian chief Mine was the favorite I just want y'all to know that You came from the lead woman right That's right Well, this is some good stuff that we've turned up on the Buxtons because I know that that's another family, kind of like the Nancy Johnson and Thomas Goins deal, where you've got these children that are listed in her estate and not his estate, and children listed in his estate and not her estate, and children that are listed in his estate and her estate. And so um, (laughs) we're working it out, and I think the Buxtons are – Obviously, we need to work on the Buxtons because um, it's kind of, I mean, you know, if they come from Araminta, they're Goins and they need to be in the book. And so um, why don't we, everybody get your notes together and we'll do a really thorough go through um, in the next one on the Buxton, you know, and I can put it out there for other people if they have information and and let's get it all together on these Buxtons because this is um, some crazy interrelated maybe two yeah. lives at once. And and he was riding a trail between the Opelousas Beef Trail, I'm telling you, between Louisiana and Opelousas, Louisiana, over to Trinity, Texas, and he probably had himself two little families there. 
And old Louisa Drake man got wind downwind of all of that and said, "Oh no, we're not having this." So <laughs> you know, we just don't know. So uh, well, well, if anybody has anything that shows Mary Louise Drake, I know she's not our line, but I want to know why I can't find her listed as a Buxton. And also, I'm trying to find people from these families that live now. That and and I'm calling people and I'm hunting people to see if they know anything. I may get in trouble, but right. I'm still doing it. Oh well, all they can do is say no. But I think Marilyn turned up some census records, didn't you, Marilyn? Where she was, yeah. Mary Buxton. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yes. Yeah, she. Well, you get together with me. <clears throat> Good deal. Well, then you make sure you get with her on those uh, because I jotted them down in my notes and uh, what you said, Marilyn, on, you know, the census records. And I think it was like, um, I believe you said that in 1840 she was Mary Buxton and then you named off the dip marks for us. And uh, so right there is one for you, Miss Miss Levy, is the 1840 census. Okay. Do you happen to remember? Don't pull it up, but do you happen to remember where that was? That in at Bearhead, or was that in Calcasieu? Uh, I think that it's in Calcasieu. Yeah, I think so. Okay, all right. Just a few spaces down is uh, is is Francis Pharaoh with Lee in 1840. So they're right in the same area. Okay. Good deal. And then would you, uh, if you still have it forward, um, will you just run through the kids on the Buxton's, one of you girls, Donna, somebody who's got that, just go through the kids real quick for us again on um, balance, uh, Alexander Buxton and uh, Mary Louisa Drake. Okay. Uh, I have this, the William Buxton, Francis Pharaoh Buxton, uh, Xenia Buxton, Agnes Buxton, Samuel Buxton, and I think a Gideon Buxton. Yeah. Yeah, that's the six. Okay, gotcha. And what about the girl with the V name? Xenia? Is that who you're talking about? No, there was one with the V uh, name first, the first child. Xenia. V E N I A. Okay, got it. Yeah, got it. Okay. Uh, and then can you go through the suspected children of Alexander Buxton and our, um, okay, uh, that would be, the Goins? Uh, Aramantha. Yeah, Aramantha, excuse me. Yeah. Alexander, let me get the second wife up here. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Okay. Uh, Roxeline. I know that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, Valentine. Roxeline, Valentine, Ellen, Artemisia, Pinkney, Mary, and Sarah. Yeah. Say it one more time. I'm sorry. Okay, and one more time. Roxeline, Valentine, Ellen, Artemisia, Pinkney, Mary, 
and Sarah. Okay. Gotcha. Okay, and good. I would like I help. I uh, have. Go ahead. I would like help trying to find something where it has a, a proof other than her birth certificate, like a, a some kind of a census or something that shows Ar- Ar- Artemisia with Araminta and Alexander. Okay. You want, and and does her, what does her birth certificate say? It says that she is their daughter. Okay. That's basically what it says. <laughs> okay. Well, what would? Why would you need more proof, or you just want to see them on a census together? I just would like to see them on a census together. I see. Okay. Well, the first okay. one I got is she's already with the Burgess, and it's eighteen seventy. Um. Moses. Yeah, that's are you are you Burgess. talking about Artemisia? Art- yes, Artemisia. She was married to the Burgess man. Oh, Burgess. I thought you said Moses. Yeah. No. Yeah, Burgess. he was her yeah. second husband. William N. Burgess. Right. Yeah. And, and who was who is he? His son. Um, I don't know that I've got a parent for him. The Burgesses are kind of another mystery, because um, I know all those Burgesses that's over in uh, Louisiana, they don't, you know, they they don't know who some of the parents are for them, but yet we know that they link up well, all of them. Well, the Burgess couple was killed in an Indian uprising, and so I don't know how many children they had. But my grandmother was one of them, Elizabeth Burgess, you know, and and she married Elsie Sweat, um, who was also a perfect Y DNA match to the G O Y N E S. And so, see that that Burgess is always really curious to me. Uh, I was maybe we should do a Burgess one, and you, if you guys have some time, put your stuff together. I don't know a lot about the Burgesses. I just know about the one that settled in Polk County, and this is where the Alabama Cushada Reservation is now because yeah. my grandfather and and invi- married a Pacana woman and invited all of the what was left of the Pacanas and the Cushadas there on the Red River uh, very near, you know, the... Um, Apalachicola, the Talamalia band of Apalachicola Indians or Appalachian Indians, Appalachian Indians, uh, which we know some of our families were there as well. And so, and they came out of um, Mobile previously with the French and they set up that settlement there at Rapides Parish. And then the United States government wouldn't give them the land. But, um, the Burgess. Uh, do you have any Burgess, um, Donna or um, uh, Do you have any Burgess? Not, uh, not that I know no. of. Not offhand. Okay. Uh, I mean, it might be through marriage, but uh, right. We look. Right. Look. Well, I know they were intermarried with the Nashes and the. Yeah. Oh, William Mitchell Goins family. There's several Burgess marriages in through those 
family. Um, they're tied and up the with all of us. Yeah. With our people, they're tied right up with them. Yeah. And oh yeah. So yeah. I, I do all. have them on this side. The side we're looking at, uh, you know, this Alexander Buxton. But on my, the one I'm looking for, my my Valentine Buxton, there are no, I don't find any. Okay. What about you, Miss Lovey? Um, the only ones I have is William Burgess and his and Artemisia's children. Okay. I haven't All gone right. any further and, on, okay, on so there. Let's do that next time. Let's do the the Artemisia and and that group, the Buxton kids, and let's kind of work through who they all married and you know, some of their, their family group stuff, because I know there is a lot of Burgesses out there. And like I said, when when my grandmother Burgess, she was an orphan, and so was her brother. And we do have the uh, affidavits given when she married Elsie Sweat by the Groves, who said, you know, her he, that she was the legitimate daughter of John Burgess, or a Burgess and his my my wife's or what he said was is my wife's brother in law, his wife was a Nash. And so we know that how can if she was a Pacana Indian, which we know later on she was, um, she was part of the Nash family. But then again we had some of those Nash kids that didn't speak English that belonged to Thomas and Anna Gowen. And so let's Let's get those worked in here too, if we can, and uh, let's plan to. I know y'all are busy doing everything for this lawsuit, and I am too. Um, but you know, just pull a little bit of material together, and we can do another American Bread series on the Goins book and Nancy Johnson and Thomas Goins saga. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Well, what are we going to do about John and Nancy? Yeah, I mean, John and Nancy, obviously Nancy, like I said, she had to be married to two Goins. There is no way around it because she has Goins children that are listed in his estate, and she's listed in his estate, and she's got Goins children that are not listed in his estate, but they are Goins. So are you talking about I'm John or Thomas? Myself I'm talking about both of them. I think she was oh, married okay. to two Goins men. I believe Thomas was a G-O-I-N-G-S, and I believe, uh, or excuse me, John was a G-O-I-N-G-S, and I believe Go, um, Thomas was a G-O-Y-N-E-S, and I, that's why I believe that there's children in her estate that are not listed in his estate. There are children listed in his estate that are not listed in her estate. And so that lends for two going families, correct? Mm-hmm. What does it look like to me? <laughs> I and have. Yeah, um, I mean, what else can it be? I have a family group sheet. The information came out of the Je- Jacobs collection, and yes, a lot of these in in the John Goins family married Perkins and and a Drake and a Nelson. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's right. They did, and we can bring we can have a show about those too sometime, um, because the the those are very interesting. And what we are finding, which I've 
said it all along, and, and I, I know I sound like a broken record, but if you look at those, it's coming out, the DNA is showing up that exact matches there with Nancy Johnson married to both men. And so we'll pick it up next time with that. I love you girls. We're going to get cut off in two minutes. And so okay, I don't want to you know, be in the middle. Love y'all. Uh, we'll, love talk y'all. Next, we'll talk in the next few days. We'll do another one. Okay. 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 Sam, Bye-bye, so, Donna and Marilyn Stacy. I'll get Bye. everything I can together on the virgins uh, that I've got. <laughs> yes, do we'll 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 add that all in here because it all goes back to the Goins book, girls. Love y'all. Okay. Good night. Good night. Good night. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.